This just in, it's Alex Keller. Breaking news, Mike Harding. And uh, it's the Film Desert Voyage. My, oh my, Mike, I am just crushing, being crushed under the weight of all this fucking shit I gotta talk about, man. Yeah? It's movie-tastic voyage time, or whatever this movie's called. Film-tastic voyage, my yeah, friend. Yeah, movie- That's the name movie- of our podcast. Talking movies with Mike and Alex. <laughs> uh, that's Coming great. soon to ABC. What? Uh, no, yeah, man, I've been, seeing, I've been seeing some things, I've been seeing some stuff. I, I saw a movie that you saw on Letterboxd. Uh, I saw that you saw it, uh-huh. so then I rewatched it. I made sure that I rewatched it so we could talk about it. I don't okay. know if it's gonna be this episode or the next. It'll one, probably but... be this episode. Okay. Uh, but we'll yeah we'll get into that. But first things first. See that new Predator trailer? Are we talking about the one with like? Uh, because I just watched one, uh-huh. and and because. Okay. Well, sorry. It came out ahead. a couple days ago. I I I saw one a couple days ago. It's probably that one then. Okay. Where it's like, it's got, uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, just in case you hadn't seen no, it. No, it's fine. It might have more than one Predator. Right. Okay, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, remember I told you I was getting, I saw like a TV spot and I was like, this looks kind of like Predators, and that was what I was referring to. Uh-huh. And so then the trailer was like more of the same. The trailer looks, makes the movie look more fun than the last trailer for sure, but like still, it's just like, well, I hope they can pull this off. I thought it wasn't bad. I thought it wasn't bad, honestly. I mean, like, I haven't seen the TV spot. I thought I... It's the same. It's just... It's the same idea. Okay. It's just that it was basically, like, coming soon, the Predator, and it's the Predator getting yanked out of that window by the Super Predator. So, okay. (laughs) My, my... There's a tagline in my head for this movie, and it's basically, like, what's scarier than a Predator? A taller predator. Yeah. Because it's it he looks or she, what I don't know what they are, but like there's the regular predator, and then it's literally just the same design, but I don't know, twelve feet tall like 12 or something. Twelve feet tall and he's got like Which I guess like is not a bad tattoos or something. I mean, I guess it's not bad. It's just it, They did that already with like the super predators though, didn't they? Well, the super predators had like more dreads and like a bigger blabbermouth. They had like red eyes or something. And like they, I just remember the super predators looking kind of over designed. Yeah. And I'm gonna pull it up now just to, just so I can like you know confirm my uh, my thoughts. Yeah. So the super predators kind of looked uh, kind of really dumb. See, they look like. Uh, they got like an extra blabbermouth and like, I don't know. They 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 looked very unnecessary. Like, look at that. Yeah. Like the eyes look all fucked up and they got like yeah they have a lot of yeah they don't they look more like someone created a monster as opposed to like an actual thing. Yeah, because they're supposed to. Okay, the impression that the movie gave me predators. The impression that the movie gave me was that they were like the royalty or something, right? Or something. They I don't were like know. the high. On the hierarchy, they were higher up 
than the than the regular they were predators. Like, predators are dogs, and these predators are like wolves. That's like that's all I remember. But it just looks dumb. I don't know. Uh, like, like what would what would have been a cool idea? I thought is like okay, maybe these are like the Neanderthal version of predators, right? But you know about that, right? There's like humans, oh, and yeah. there's like Neanderthal humans, mm-hmm. and like back in ancient history, there was like both yeah coexisting and it's like fucking scary because you'd be a viking and you'd run into this neanderthal I think that was uh not how that would work i think that was a little before vikings times you think so yes i pretty positive. all right i mean they're okay i i i'd have to that's check be- the that's timeline be- it's before recorded history man this is well like there's meso- like a lot of but there's a lot of lore especially with vikings that they would have to fight these are you sure i'm thinking of frost giants Maybe I'm thinking of Frost Giants. I don't know. I hey everybody, I don't know anything about ancient history. I'm sorry. I've never heard that. Okay. Well, I have, and I guess it was probably just bad information. I don't know because I uh, yeah I do know that what you're talking about, but I'm pretty sure that's like four hundred thousand years way, ago. Way way back. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah. So anyways, in this movie, there's uh I guess you would say the uh, Jean Claude Van Damme predator to the Dolph Lundgren predator. Sure. Because one's shorter than the other? Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it's not Dolph Lundgren didn't play Predator. No, no, no. I'm just saying, playing. like, one's buff and short, mm-hmm. and then the other one's buff and really tall. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. How tall is Dolph Lundgren? And he's a pretty tall guy, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Did you see the trailer for Creed 2? I did. I'm looking forward to it. Did I we thought, talk about that? No, we didn't. Creed okay. 1 was one of my favorite movies of that year. Yeah. Which was already a strong year to begin with, 2015. Yeah. Um, and uh, Creed 2, I'm hoping it's more the same. I, yeah, I'll definitely see it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked up the director for it, and I don't think that that we, director's oh, we, done much. We did look up the director, I think, on a previous That's right. episode. But I don't remember if we the trailer had come out or, or had it. Maybe. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Either way, yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, But you're right. In terms of trailers, there's not much going on as of late, right? No. Trailer really. season's kind of dying down because, you know, all these movies are coming out now. Uh, You know, and yeah. then... I mean, after the summer, we get back into poop season, so... I think poop season's not as poopy as you say it is, but... It's true. Well, you know what I mean, though, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's lower. Yeah, it's sleeper hits and, like, indie films and all that. I just so. bought uh, that AMC movie pass thing that I just came out with because I live in a cross-section of three AMCs, so it's That's like, right. why the fuck wouldn't I get that? Uh, and so far, it's almost paid itself off by buying one movie because tickets are like sixteen bucks and it costs twenty bucks a month. Yes. So all it takes is two movies. But I'm like worried that like in September, it's like, well, hopefully I don't lose money on this exchange. Oh yeah. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, also, I bought concessions and like for the first time in laugh oh, a couple weeks ago, which was a bad idea because I forgot how bad Twizzlers are. Oh. I was like, I'm gonna get some Twizzlers. It'll be like, it's like my, my childhood, living my childhood. It'll be fun. Just gonna go to a Saturday movie, get some Twizzles. Twizzles kind of suck. Um, well, are you a, like a Red Vines guy? No, it's just licorice is sort of bad. I used to always get Twizzlers when I was a kid. What I never understood is like, what is licorice made of? Well, it's probably made of like human tears because it sucks. Yeah? I right. guess so. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I'm just hoping I can pay off my... Uh, I hope I, you know, in September when it gets a little slow, I'll be able to see two movies. But like this month... It's bopping, you know. You got Ant Man. You got Thank You or Sorry to Bother You. Not, sorry to bother you. you. Got Mission Impopsicles. You got um, Sicario's already out, right? I'm not seeing that. 
I'm curious why. I mean, I want to revisit why you don't want to see that because though. it's a sequel to a movie. I don't think it really needs a sequel. It doesn't have very good reviews. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't have bad reviews. It's just sort of like, yeah, I guess. Uh, interesting. Like if it had good reviews, I'd see it. But the reviews were sort of like, yeah, I suppose. Okay. Which is like, I'll see it later. I'm not gonna see it in theaters. Yeah. All right. I mean, it would give me a little bit more hope if it had uh, Denis Villeneuve attached to it. Yeah. But it doesn't. I mean, so. it has the same writer, which is good. Yeah. But like, yeah, it has like a 62 or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Okay. Which is like good enough that I'll check out eventually when it's on like Netflix or Amazon Prime or one of them places. Right. Yeah. Not good enough that I'll watch it right now. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, why don't you tell me about maybe some movies you've seen? Okay. Uh, well, so speaking of Mission Impossible, <laughs> the official Mission Impossible rewatchathon has commenced, and I've been watching all the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, so, which one are you up to now? Uh, well, I think for this episode, I'll just talk about the first two. Okay. Um, I haven't finished rewatching the whole series. Yeah. But uh, I'm getting close. But I have seen the first two, and I think there's enough to talk about for both of them. I snuck in. Time. I snuck in the second one actually today. Oh, you poor thing! Just so I could talk about it with you. But go ahead and 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 start us. So, off. Mission Impossible. I realized I've never seen that movie. I've only really? seen p- bits of it. Okay. I've never seen the whole thing. Um, the only part I remember about the movie is Emilio Estevez's like top three elevator death. Oh yeah. Which is like that's some prime elevator death right there, and it's a lot. Also, for some reason, I imagined it completely different when in my head. I was like, when I imagined it, like it looked completely different in the movie. It's a lot, almost more graphic than I remember it. Because I, well, I was he gets, like, yeah, he gets smashed, right? Yeah, I saw. I, I remember like a little. Uh, it was like a little. It was on like VHS. So I was like an eight or nine year old kid or whatever. Whenever it came out, yeah. And I was like, saw so it like just like I was like, what's this Mission Impossible? And that part happened. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> Cause like yeah, it's like a fake fake dummy version of Milo of his head, and like a big knife just goes like right through it. Oh, I don't remember that. Like it like cuts right when like at the point of contact, but it's like enough to go like, and like it cuts. Yeah. It's like, it's like oh shit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't remember that from that. So the weird thing, cause like Mission Impossible, when I think Mission Impossible, I think Mission Impossible. The Mission Impossible I see in theaters, which is three, four, five. Uh-huh. Um, all those are essentially the same tone. Mission Impossible 1 and Mission Impossible 2 Wildly are completely different. fucking different Wildly movies. They're not even part of the yeah. same goddamn series. Well, that's what I mean. That it, The series feels very disjointed. Until 3. Yeah, so like the the thing about the first movie, though, is like the first movie has that, like, it's got that classy Brian De Palma direct, direction to it. It, like, feels like a 70s thriller. It's just, like, real, like a like a kind of a classic kind of uh, style, a very classic Hollywood style to it. Um... What's interesting to me in a, in a bold move is that apparently the main character, John Voight's character, is the main character from the TV show, which is funny because he's the villain of the movie. Yeah. So, okay, my impression was that the the original TV show, because I've never seen the original TV show. Yeah. Right? So, like, for me, my impression was that, like, Ethan Hunt was just the main character always. Yeah. But he's just the main character of these movies. Yeah. And then Jim Phelps was the main character of the TV show. Yeah, it's interesting. I can only imagine if the internet existed. Like, if can you imagine if there was like a show from the '90s that was rebooted today, and the hero became the villain? How pissy people would get. I feel like that's happened, hasn't it? Probably. I, f- well, I feel like that's. I mean, just maybe like not Luke to Skywalker. That. Yeah. Well, like, uh, like I, I feel like it hasn't happened to the extent of of Mission Impossible, but like. 
I don't know. The only thing I can think of right now is like, okay, there's a Scooby Doo movies, and then they had Scrappy Doo be the main character, main villain, and, and yeah, that but was no one likes though. Scrappy Doo though. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think that over. Hey, viewers, if you can think of anybody that uh, has been the main hero in a TV series or a movie, and then later on they did a, a reboot of that series and made that person the main villain, why don't you leave a comment? Oh, it's like uh, it's like the Friends movie where they figure out that Ross is a serial killer. <laughs> God, I would love that episode. <laughs> well, it'd be a movie. Oh yeah, it'd be the it'd be the the capstone oh, movie God. where it's like oh finally everything all adds up together and they take clips from the show and they like edit it in such a way that like makes it like it's like a sixth sense kind of thing where it's like <laughs> oh it oh it all makes sense now yeah that'd be pretty swell um, <laughs> so yeah I think that's that's kind of a, a a bold move to start your movie off with a everyone dying except for Tom Cruise and b you know a right. killing off your main character and later revealing him to be the villain it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah. was it a good movie? It's pretty good, yeah. I would give it like a three out of four or something like that. It's a pretty solid film. Um, All right. It, uh, yeah, I think it's like I like that kind of classy kind of approach that Brian De Palma brings to it. I like um, it's it has enough like fun spy thriller that a little heist in the middle with the with the whole classic like oh no I'm t- like I'm on the wires and I'm gonna touch the ground that part that's a that's a, that's a classic cool, movie that's moment a great sequence and I think that's probably still the most iconic. Uh, sequence out of any Mission Impossible. I think it's movies. been kind of overshadowed now, but like the the building climbing sequence. Oh, and the plane takeoff. The plane take- and like all of Tom Cruise's crazy stunts. You know what's funny about that plane takeoff hmm. is within the context of the movie, it actually didn't. It, it, it was like in the beginning. It's a cold open. It's, like it's a just a cold open. Cold yeah, open. like it, it didn't really have much. It wasn't like the big set piece of the movie it was just like this thing that was sort of in the beginning cold yeah. open yeah but it's i mean you know i can't hang off the edge of an airplane so who, who well he was to... strapped in of course but right yeah um you ever feel like tom cruise is just gonna die like one of these days we're gonna hear that on a movie set he just died i wouldn't be surprised but i hope not i hope not either but i just get the feeling man like he's gonna f- we're just gonna hear about it one day like oh yeah he just fell and died all these movies i feel like are tom cruise being like what do i want to do with my life (laughs) let's write that in somehow like there's a great scene in uh in this movie in the first mission possible where tom cruise is just doing sleight of hand which i feel is just tom cruise being like hey brian de palma i want to do some magic tricks in this movie let's just write it in that's where he's like oh i got the tape do i have the tape no i don't (laughs) oh it's it's behind your ear you know i've never had chocolate cake I think I I want a sequence in this movie where I where I have chocolate cake. That's 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 on my bucket list. <laughs> jump over I, it. I've never turned on a television. I want a sequence in this movie where I turn on a television. Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> anyway, it's a pretty good twist and turn. It's a little convoluted overall. Well, I do think. you feel like this movie was sort of greenlit because of the whole, uh, you know, because Goldeneye was such a. Um, such a success I think or, it was or, because Batman was such a success honestly Batman because if you don't recall in the early 90s there was a slew of 60s oh, TV yes. show adaptations 60s TV shows yeah like pretty much like there was like a Brady Bunch movie Brady Bunch like this one and there was like I don't know there was a lot of like because there seemed to be less superhero adaptations than there were old TV show well, reboots. I know there was like a uh, Adams uh, Family after the after the first Batman came out. There was like a whole bunch of like pulp 
comic. There was a bunch of pulp comic uh, ones and a movies, bunch of right? Yeah. Rocketeer, Dick Tracy, The Shadow, yeah. Phantom, Phantom with Billy Zane. Billy Zane, uh, cinema's greatest coward, Billy Zane. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's interesting. That's what that's my that's why I believe at least. Um and like you know what's kind of I was looking at uh, a bit of IMDb trivia. Apparently, the initial choice for Ethan Possible uh or Ethan Hunt <laughs> uh was George Clooney. Can you imagine how different this movie series would be of George Clooney? I could picture it. I could picture it, but it'd be a completely different kind of. If you like Ocean's Eleven, then it would be the like Tom Tommy C's Stuntathon or whatever it's called. Well, yeah. Okay, so this sort of, and I don't know if this we should, this just segues into Mission Impossible too, but like, there there's one movie in Mission in the Mission Impossible series where I feel like they're making Tom Cruise be something that he's not. Yeah, and that's Mission Impossible too. But I could picture George Clooney being something like that, where it's like the debonair, uh, sed- seductive yeah. spy, right? Like Mission Impossible too. Well, first of all. I don't. Well, want, I don't want to go. Yeah. To, like, Mission Impossible One. Yeah. Train sequence at the end. Look, it has bad CG. It's fine, but uh-huh. like it doesn't really make sense in some points because like Jim Phelps, aka uh, John Voight, like uh-huh. he's got like his wife is in on it the whole time, right? And at the <laughs> end, he's like, it's like, oh, you figured out my plan, Ethan Hunt, and he shoots his wife and he leaves. It's like, okay, why don't you kill? Why don't you kill Tom Cruise? Wait a second. Oh, it doesn't man. really make sense. And then they blow up. It's just weird how small scale it is compared to the other two or the other the other the rest of the series. Yeah, but um, yeah, you got uh, Jean Reno as a, a double crosser, right? Yeah, and Ving Rhames as a not double crosser. Yeah, Ving Rhames is a constant in all of these movies. Great to have him around. Wasn't he not in the one of them? He was not really in four, but he was still in it. Okay, he shows up at the end. Okay, gotcha. Oh yeah, because he was talking to what's her face. Yeah. Right about mm. Ethan. No, he was talking to Ethan about his missions. Like I can't. Like well, it sounds like a oh. crazy mission, Ethan. I'm Bing <laughs> Rames. Okay, bye. Um, yeah, no, but like mission. The first Mission Impossible is almost kind of like a like a like a like a re, like a thriller. It's not. It's not really like a highfalutin action movie. As it is just sort of like a like a nice little spy thriller. Yeah, yeah. And then and it gets a little extreme at moments, but for the most part, it's just stuff. The hacking in that movie is awesome because it's just. Ving Rhames being like, hack mainframe. He just types it out, and uh-huh. then stuff happens. It's like, <laughs> hacking. That's a very... Jam n- signal. The 90s ver- Yeah, the 90s version of uh, computers is just type in, ha- type in the word hack. Yeah. And then we, we, uh, we hack Yahoo. One of the things I appreciate about this whole series so far, though, is like, people are like, oh, man, like, Mission Impossible 5 is like more James Bond than James Bond. These movies are nothing like James Bond because it's Tom Cruise and a team, and it's about the team. That's, that's yeah. always the thing that's carried throughout all these movies, some worse than others, but that's what I appreciate is the fact that it's Tom Cruise and a gaggle of Scooby-Doo misfits, yeah. and they're having a fun adventure together. They Yeah, the, the two exist separately. James Bond and Mission Impossible, they exist separately. I think the only comparison you can make that, like, what James, like, what... Mission Impossible is doing a little better than the James Bond series concurrently is that, or currently, I mean, is that uh, the set pieces of Mission Impossible seem to be a little more creative in terms of, like, where they are and how they use their environment, like, you know, going to the big tall buildings and uh, yeah, and, stuff like that. And I think at, at its best, I think Mission Impossible is a very, like, tactile, practical movie yeah. you know what i mean like it's uh these are things that are not like a far cry for someone to be able to do no what? you know as far but but like you know and 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 separately i think james bond goes to a lot of places where it's like well 
James Bond probably is someone that wouldn't exist. You no. know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, like the things that are a little fantastic in Mission Impossible Two. I mean, also, I mean, Mission Impossible. Oh, also. okay. Like yeah. you know, in Mission Impossible Four, we'll get to it eventually. But they have like the cool gadget that's like the fake hallway that they push down the thing. And well, well, yeah, there's that, and like something that they dropped after I think the second movie. Or maybe the third was the whole mask thing. No, that it's a it's, it's a constant. They keep using it. Do they use it in uh, four and? F- they, they don't use it in four. I know they that they don't, but they try because they have the. And I loved that where they had the. Th- there's a scene where they're like they're trying to use the device that makes the mask, and then it breaks. Yeah. So then they're just like, oh shit, I guess we can't do that. Yeah, now. yeah. Like again, like uh, <laughs> like we'll get to four, but like that's right. you know, it's a pretty. I I don't remember five, but it's a fairly pretty constant. Not like two though. I don't remember five at all. I need to rewatch five. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I think because five is a couple. I think like the Mission Impossible series, like I think five is bring back some or six is bring back some characters from five. So I think it's uh-huh. probably more required. And it's also the first time a director's actually made more than one of these movies. And it's also the the shortest span between movies. Yeah, so it's interesting. So it actually feels like a connective series, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Mission Impossible is pretty good. Mission Impossible Two, I rewatched it. Didn't I? I hadn't seen it since DVD in two thousand two or yeah, or two thousand one or whenever I rented it because it came out in two thousand. I hadn't watched that movie. Since Mission it Impossible came out. Two is first of all <laughs> nothing like any of the other movies and no. fucking trash. It is awful. Mission Impossible Two is garbage. Like it's one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. It's like I've seen it before, but like watching it again, like this movie sucks. So I want to give people some context for Mission Impossible Two because like. I saw it when it came out, and when it came out, it was actually considered, like, at least for my age group, I don't know, but it was considered, like, a cool movie. Yeah, same. Uh, and the and the soundtrack, everybody went crazy for the soundtrack. But you, you look back at both nowadays, and damn. Mission Impossible, like, Mission Impossible 1 feels kind of dated in that, like, it feels very, like, like I said, like a kind of older style of filmmaking uh-huh. with a lot of, like, kind of practical tricks and, like, they have a lot of weird double-focused tricks and, like, it's, like, it just feels like a, like, Brian De Palma's kind of, like, old-school Hollywood style of filmmaking, whereas John Woo's act, fucking 2000, the year 2000 <laughs> is all, it's, like, this movie is 2000, the movie. Oh, God, it is. It's got the soundtrack. It's got the fashion. It's got, like, the sort of look. It's got the... It's the, it's the most 2000 action movie you could possibly imagine. It's awful for it. Well, here's the thing, is the year 2000 is basically the last breath of 90s charisma, mm. right? And so... And the 90s weren't that great, looking back on it. Like, 90s movies, not so hot. 90s movie, well, it depends. I mean, there's definitely gems. There's definitely there's good gems, movies in the 90s. But there's not... I feel there's less good, like... I could go to like for at least in like the action genre. I could go. I think the '90s has better like dramas than the '80s. But like for in terms of action, I think the '80s has better action than the '90s. Just because like if you look even like the bad action movies the '80s, like I don't know, like Kickboxer or something, well, they're still pretty fun. Whereas like the bad action movies in the '90s are awful. The problem was is there was, um, you know, it, it's like it, the, the like. I think with entertainment and and sort of going by decade, you know, like you would dress something differently in the eighties than you would with the nineties. Like, like I guess what I mean is like uh, with music, right? There's a lot of synth and shit in the eighties, mm-hmm. and then in the nineties it went back to like you know actual instrumentation and stuff. But like, and that's sort of what I what I see with a lot of nineties movies is it's like man, uh, just just the choices they make for like yeah, like how they dress or like the music you use. 
or like how you actually edit something, right? Like I, I think that's where a lot of uh, bad shit comes into play. And and that's where Mission Impossible 2, I think... I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a bad story. It's a bad plot. It's It goes... It, there's a lot of problems with it, but mm. I think it's especially bad because they throw in this just gaudy music and like like uh you know just just the choices they make for editing and like the moments they decide to hold on and stuff is just it it's so it i don't know well anyways okay so this movie i believe was the movie john woo made after face off uh probably cuz face off i think was 98 7 97 okay yeah, so if he didn't do one more in between then this was his right. the one after and i and it definitely is like a very like I think in a lot of ways face off for what it is and for the time it came out in it works face off is one of the gems like you said face off is one of the best action movies in the 90s in terms of how it's just yeah. over the top it's it's like if there's an if there was a top it's like 2 miles over that top right and that's the thing is like it I think it was still acceptably campy it's like yeah like that's like as campy as you want to get and it's got like fucking that, um, <coughs> John Travolta's creepy family with the weird like thing with it like just rub each other's faces. Oh, right. I, I don't know. I can't yeah. get over that. Yeah, and you and and you know you had I I feel like you had the right actors for that kind of movie. Like Nicolas yeah. Cage, like they're hamming it up. Steals that movie. They're ham and cheese. They're like a ham and cheese sandwich. That movie is. Yeah, it, it's like ham and cheese. John Travolta's the cheese, and Nicolas Cage is the ham. Yeah. Uh, this movie, however, if you insert, if you copy paste that style into into this Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise, it does not work on any level. Yeah, I, um, real quick before we get into Mission yeah. Impossible two again. Yeah, I heard a, a fun bit of news that uh, uh, Sir Nicholas Cage is going to be in a He's certain not a sir certain new animated Spider Man movie as a, one of the multiverse Spider Men. Really? Yeah. Was he like twenty ninety nine Spider Man? Oh, I, mean, I can tell you if you want to get spoiled. Sure. Spider Man Noir. <laughs> that's hey, I'm hey, I that's great. That's actually exciting. And he's news. also Superman in that uh, Teen Titans movie they're making. Oh really? Yeah. The little, oh, yeah, that's the, great. Which is funny. That's that movie, awesome. like, I don't know what that like that show is for babies and stuff, and that's great, <laughs> and I don't give a shit. I, I like the old Teen Titans show, and this me new too. One, couldn't possibly care because it's not for me, and I don't care. Um, but the movie looks kind of like cute and like a, and like a, they, apparently it's like, I watched the trailer and it's like, look at all the fun in jokes. Yeah. Aquaman's getting a movie. We should too. It's like hot, funny. It'll be fun for kids. I'm sure if I watched it, I would like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just like, I mean, the poster in the theater is just, uh, it's funny because Deathstroke's in the back of, he's like the villain of the movie played by Will Arnett and he's in the, they're like, they're watching their own movie and he's just like camming it. (laughs) And that's like, that's funny. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like little. It seems kind of clever, but well, you know, I'm not going to watch it. But you know, kids love that shit. I'll see it eventually. I, I, you know, I mean, you you get into this whole thing where it's like, okay, a superhero movie without them superheroing. I get a little bit like, uh, yeah, you but know. it's just fun humor. But, Mike, yeah. real quick aside, what's your opinion on that new Thundercats TV show? At first, I was a, I was a bit confused, and I know there was a huge uproar mm-hmm. about it. Um, but honestly, man, like it's gonna. It's gonna be better than the original yeah. TV series. Like, let's be honest. All right. Like, and what's funny is all these people getting so upset about it, right? And it's like, okay, guys, you remember that? You remember when they brought Thunder 
uh, Thundercats back in, I don't know, 2011 or something. Yeah. And it was like anime mm-hmm. style. And it was like that, that it was like a, um, it was like a modern take on that old TV show. Do you guys remember that? No, you don't. Cause no one watched it yeah, so and you- no one cares. So do something different with it and make it, you know, like make it something that can stand on its own mm. instead of just this empty remake that no one's going to watch again. So I don't know. What, what yeah, do you same, think? Same thing. Um, at first I was like, is this like a, like a special, like a joke or something like a little f- cute thing? Oh, this is a real show. That's cool. Um, Thundercats sucks. The 80s show. Um, yeah. And uh, do whatever you want with it. And uh, it's not a show for you if you're angry about it. So why do you even care? Um, yeah. And then um, the 80s, 80s cartoons are like the opposite of 90s movies where 80s cartoons in the 80s, awful. Cartoons in the 90s <laughs> are a lot better. Well, because I think the the mentality behind, you know, cartoon making in the 90s was a lot different from it was it, like in the 80s. It was all about like making these buff roided out action hero well they barely moved there was no animation barely moved cheap looked bad there's no story yeah and then in the 90s they're like hey guys like let's actually make good animation let's make like characters that work with animation to make the animation better and like let's make it let's make human characters you know like i think it was nickelodeon that sort of was the first wave of like making yeah the modern uh yeah, they were the when they came in with Rugrats and Doug and Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy. Like people don't really realize how significant that was. It was uh, embracing the creator-driven cartoon. Yeah, which was opposed to sort of this product-driven, just sort of like let's make like you know a half an hour story so you know so everything's fixed in the end. And kids will buy the toys. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. I, there was no Rugrats toys. Well, there were. Were there really? Probably. There was no Doug toys. Oh, no. Either way, like, yeah, there were cartoon shows that could exist without fucking merchandise. Just, there are cartoons that existed, uh, you know, and then merchandise was secondary. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, we're making this cartoon so we can sell toys. Where in the opposite end, in the 80s, action movies were a bunch of buff dudes just kicking people. In the 90s, there was just a bunch of guys on like springboards in slow motion, and it's just boring <laughs> to watch. <laughs> yeah. Submission well, Impossible 2. What? Sorry. Oh, yeah. I read. Submission Impossible 2 is awful. Um, Mission <sighs> Impossible 2 is like trying so hard to turn Tom Cruise into like the sexy new James yes. Bond and failing at almost every turn because can, it's like a, not that I can imagine like, again, and also <laughs> if the internet really existed back then, do you think like, oh, man, Mission oh, Impossible 1 so good. Can't wait Mission Impossible 2. This is like not even the same fucking movie. It's like not even the same fucking series at all. It's so the different. Characters are barely are barely the same characters. It's totally completely different. Like I can't imagine. It's like not even part of the same movie movie series. It's ridiculous. Listen, this is so this movie is so fresh in my mind that I I actually want to go kind of in depth. No, let's like do it. if 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 you'll indulge me, well, like sure, let's do we it. should go in depth because this movie is. Uh, classically bad oh yeah it's it's uh oh man okay so we start off with uh this scientist and there's like a adr narration going over the this this guy has these gloves on and there's a glass thing you know and it's the scientist fucking around with chemicals and stuff and he's talking about hey dimitri in order to make a a good guy we got to make a bad guy so I made this thing, right? So the super virus, you're welcome. 
And they never explain why the fuck he keeps calling Ethan Dimitri. I, I didn't get that no. at all. Uh, so, so this guy, this guy has this, this virus that he's made, right? And the idea is that he made this virus so then someone could also make the cure for it or something. I think it was a scam. I think it was uh, Brandon Gleason's like, we're going to infect the world with this virus. And then that's a terrible Irish accent. And then we're going to fucking, uh, you know, we'll pay people pay up the nose for the cure. Right. But this guy was in cahoots, right? This like Einstein looking guy. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So then he goes on an airplane with this thing. And, uh, or we think he goes on, on the airplane with this virus. He sits next to Ethan Hunt. And then, uh, and then the pilot of the plane decides he's a henchman and, you know, everybody puts the oxygen mask on and they fall asleep. And then I think they kill this guy, right? Yeah, they kill the guy and then everyone's wearing masks and they all take off their masks. And the first of a dozen times that people are wearing fake masks in this movie. Right. So it turns out that Ethan Hunt is actually the main villain. Uh, Ooh, uh, with this movie, I just want to say this movie did uh, something good by it spared us from having this guy as Wolverine. Right, yeah, Sean Ambrose. Like, I don't know if he was a necessarily or, bad sorry. actor. Like, he might have been a good Wolverine, but he was bad in this movie. Doug Ray Scott as Sean Ambrose. And yes, I agree with you. Not only, um, he doesn't look anything like Wolverine. Only there's Hugh Jackman. Well, uh, there's things. There's, there's, there's more of a likeness, I think, with Hugh Jackman than with this guy. But this guy's kind of, like, tall and lanky, and, like, it just, it just wouldn't work. Well, He's like Jackman's a sick... tall, also. So well, Hugh yeah, Jackman's like six two. This guy would be like towering over the rest of the X Men. But Hugh Jackman's like six two. Is he really? Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um. So, anyways, yeah, it's revealed that uh, <laughs> it's revealed that Ethan Hunt is actually Sean Ambrose, who is a double agent. I guess. I guess like decidedly. he worked for the IMF, and then like now he doesn't. I don't know. Well, that's the thing is like later on in this movie, um, Sir Anthony uh, Hopkins is like, "Hey, we didn't have you available, so we had this guy go and and pretend to be you." Right? Yeah. But then the guy just double crosses and then steals what he thinks is the the this virus and crashes the plane and le- and takes off with this virus. Mm-hmm. So now we cut over to I think the Grand Canyon or some shit and <laughs> here's Ethan Hunt Hanging off the end of a <laughs> It's like a fucking Captain Kirk in that whatever that one Star Wars movie that he directed was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The so final frontier. Cool. Yeah, Climb, he's free climbing this fucking wall. He's free climbing a cliff, and he's doing this really kind of like, uh, I mean, badass kind of like mountain climbing, but like really excessively dangerous. Yeah. So <laughs> he gets up to the top of this thing. These people fly in with a helicopter. They shoot a, a warhead at him, and inside the warhead is a pair of sunglasses. Sexy two thousand sunglasses. And and he and. And then as he put th- puts these on, that cues the Limp Bizkit version of the Mission Impossible theme. He puts them on, and it says, oh, hey, we need you to do this mission, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. He throws off the sunglasses. They explode, and then it goes into the title dun, sequence. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, Jesus. 
And then, yeah, so he finds, like, they're like, we insist that you find Tandy Newton because she's a thief or something. Right. And so he does, and then there's a whole, like, flirty theft sequence that no one gives a shit about. Well, it's like 20 minutes of him basically trying to bang... Fanny Newton. Trying. No, he does. Well, they, and then he does. Well, first of all, they do that, and then they, they copy, like, beat for beat, the sexy car chase from Goldeneye. Yes, they do. Um, and then, she, but except in this version, she almost dies, and then he's like, I saved your life, and then they bang, and then... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so, yeah, they get in a car chase, and then they hug cars and spin around and stare at each other until she spins out and almost falls off a cliff, and then he saves her life. And and that's somehow supposed to be like, I don't know that that was a really just ex- again excessively um, dangerous sequence yeah. where this, where he basically f- almost kills this person and then they go to, and then they go and bang. I appreciate what the series has done like three onward where it's like Tom Cruise is less yeah you know, like in the third one he's got a wife and like in the fourth one like he's not trying to fuck people right like they keep then i think since then they've kind of downplayed they've gotten rid of that bond playboy aspect yes which i'm so happy for yeah i mean the first one didn't really have that but it had like some moments of that but like this second one it's like oh man it's like sexy 2000s james bond well and see that's the problem is is so they they have uh tom cruise playing this kind of character Mm -hmm. and i think it does not work at all Right? Because there's parts where, like, because, okay, in this movie, he's wearing longer hair. Yeah. And I think it's the kind of longer. Yeah, he's wearing. Just, this is, well, it, what I mean is, like, he's, he's got longer hair. He has longer hair in this movie. I just kind of find it funny. Like, he's got, like, a series of hair hats. He's like, what, what yeah. hat am I going to wear today? I'm going to wear the long hair hat. But it doesn't it doesn't look good on him, I don't think. I think he looks pretty good. He looks better than I do with long hair, that's for sure. I think you look pretty good with long hair. No, Tom Cruise is a he's Tom Cruise. No matter what, is still like you know one of the most handsome people ever lived. Who ever lived? Well, I guess what I mean is like in even the, with this weird center tooth. <laughs> yeah, in this movie, what I I guess what I mean is he has this longer hair. He has like you know he's he looks like a '90s derp. He does look very nice. He's very derpy in this movie. Very, yeah. So when you have this derpy version of Tom Cruise. That's like written to be a really like handsome, edgy, seductive mm-hmm. James Bond esque character. It it totally doesn't work. And um, poor Thandie Newton, man. Mm-hmm. Like she has like great acting chops, but man, they make her dumb. Like just dumb as she dirt is, in this movie. That's it's that classic Hollywood sexism where she's not a character. Totally, oh, absolutely. And, and the movie's not even. It's kind of even overt at times because like um, it's like we just need this character to you know, infiltrate this other character's pants. And like, and Tom Cruise is like, that's kind of shitty, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is like, she's a woman. She's used to it. Right, yeah. I'm Anthony Hopkins. I'm like, first of all, Anthony Hopkins, what are you doing in this movie? Second of all, <laughs> that's really sexist, Anthony Hopkins. So is the idea is that Anthony Hopkins took over for John Voight? No, I think, well, the problem, like, we'll they, get... In, they just needed another Silver Fox? Oh, I think we'll get into this later, but each movie has a different head of, like, the, every movie wants their M, you know, from James Bond. Yeah. Each movie has like, a different actor to be him, so it's a little disjointed. Right. Alec Baldwin, hey, he's sticking around for a couple of them. Yes, he's the, well, he's the first one that's carried over. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's like, it's, uh, this isn't Mission Easy, it's Mission Impossible, Mr. Oh my God. Mr. Ethan, Ethan Impossible. Yeah. Or whatever, which is, you know, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and so then the, the mission begins. So the mission begins. And then, uh, so Tom Cruise meets up with uh, 
Ving Rhames, once again, well, and some other guy who doesn't have any presence. Who's basically only been in this movie. Pro- I, I've never seen that guy in any other I movie. I don't know who he is. Um, well, okay, so so Anthony Hopkins says, hey, man, um, you got to, she, uh, you know, she's got to go and, and infiltrate um, Sean Ambrose's compound and figure out what he has, you know. And 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 what it is basically is like the main character of this movie, the guy that stole the virus. Mm. He goes back. He goes back to Sydney, and he's making money because there's already an auction for this, but they didn't give the thing to the person yet, or oh, something. I don't even remember. Uh, and so here's Thandie Newton's character, who is the ex-girlfriend of this guy, mm-hmm. and he's been after her for the last six months because he's so heartbroken. The the villain's creepy sex stare, the villain. That's all he does. Yeah, so we need her to go back to him to resume their relationship together so then she could go find out what he has and then she can report it back to Ethan Hunt. Mm -hmm. And so when they tell him that news, he's like, you know, him in the audience is supposed to be like, oh, shit, but he's already slept with her. And he's like into her now, so it's gonna be a bummer for him to send her back to this guy, so she could sleep with that guy now, right? So, so then yeah, he gets Ving Rhames and he gets uh, nobody Australian guy to be his partners in this thing. And the first thing they do is they have Thandy Newton go back to this other guy, yeah, and resume their relationship. There's a really great scene where it's like, put this dress on. Actually, don't. Right, and then also before that, they're trying to get their satellite feed to work. And oh, it yeah. and it zooms in on uh it zooms in so Thandy Newton's character is Naya, right? It zooms in on Naya and Sean Ambrose right as they kiss, and then it cuts over to Tom Cruise and he's all bummed like, out, mm. butthurt about it. First of all, if this was any other Mission Impossible movie, he wouldn't have slept with an operative that he's recruiting to do this no, mission. Again, with, like because that is really fucking dumb. Yeah. Um so anyways, okay, so she's on the she's in Sydney with this yeah. funny And then there's that great scene where the villains the villain's like number one or number two, like, I don't know, whatever. He's like, Hey right. man, this uh Tane Newton, she's kinda of comes out of nowhere, isn't a little suspicious, maybe we should keep an eye on her. And the guy's like, Fuck you for having my back and cuts his finger off. Yeah. It's he... like what why would you why would you do that to your henchman? Why would you tell me like if I had a bodyguard, my bodyguard's like this could possibly be like you know it's like it's great this is happening and all but you know just want to you know maybe it could be a situation and be like fuck you bodyguard you like cut his <laughs> finger off like why the fuck would you do that if I was that bodyguard I would just kill you in your sleep well not only that but this the impression I have is that these two have been friends or cohorts together for like years and years right and this is the first time this situation has come up where there's been a disagreement and this guy is literally chopped off this guy's pinky or whatever yeah it would be funny if he was missing all of his fingertips and like oh yeah and then and then the very next scene they're at the horse races and this bodyguard is just back to being like 100 percent loyal henchman bodyguard trying to sniff out sandy newton's bullshit but yeah so okay so then a lot of bullshit happens and it doesn't buy stuff but like it's all bad there's no good heists for a while it's all kind of shit um, and what I don't understand is they okay, so they find out where the virus is. They find out the building where this virus is housed. Mm-hmm. And I can understand Tom Cruise knowing that. I guess I missed the part where 
Doug Ray Scott found that out. Didn't uh, Tanny Newton tell him or something? Because he was dressed as Tom Cruise at one point. Oh, and Tanny yeah. Newton's like, oh, something, something, something or other. And he's like, cool, I'll get back to you. And then he like takes his face off, and he's like, I've been betrayed. Right. Yeah. But whatever. The first, yeah. like again, one of many overuses of the mask. Right. Yeah. This movie had a lot of them. And then um, there's a heist where they go and steal the virus or whatever, and there's a big shootout, and like Tay Newton injects herself, and like who cares? Oh my god! Okay, yeah. So yeah, there's the heist in the building. They they dispose of all of the virus canisters except for one, mm-hmm. and then it somehow slides over to Sandy. Oh no, that's what it was. It was in a gun. <laughs> that's what it was. Is is uh, Sean Ambrose, the main villain's like, you know what? I'm not gonna go over and pick that up. I'm going to have two-time and uh, Thandie Newton go over and pick up the, the gun with the virus in it. And that's what, that's because that's the smartest thing to do. So then she goes over there, she picks it up, and in the name of love, she injects herself with this virus. So therefore, Sean Ambrose can't kill her, so she runs over to Tom Cruise. They try to escape, but for some reason she can't. So then Tom Cruise escapes, and then she goes back with Sean Ambrose now infected with the virus. Ah. And he's just going to like unleash her upon Sydney or something. And then, well, then he's got his meeting with Brendan Gleeson being like, okay, you know, shit's going to go down. We want points in your stock or whatever, and then we're going to take over your company because fuck you. Which, Why would you want to own a pharmaceutical company? You, know, you need to run it, you know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, that, that, whole, that whole part made some sense, it at does. least. But what didn't make sense was... Um, Okay, so the mask thing, for one. Uh-huh. Uh, Tom Cruise switches masks with that other, the henchman guy. And okay. Then they- well, first of all, for, so like, there's a big, there's a meeting at this like pigeon facility or something, right? It's yeah. Like a factory that makes <laughs> pigeons. Pi- it's a factory <laughs> that makes pigeons. And then, um, so Tom Cruise infiltrates it in his cool leather jacket or whatever. No, he, the other guy's got the leather jacket. Right. Uh, so he infiltrates it, and then they have a big tussle. Uh, and then uh, and then they switch places, and Tom Cruise, like you say, somehow gets this guy's face. Yeah, he somehow get. It's like a it's a re- it's like a regular old face off. Yeah, uh, that's probably the the pitch for for getting John Woo to direct the movie is hey John Woo, we'll let you do face off stuff. But yeah, so they switch faces. Then uh, you know the main villain very ceremoniously kills. Who he thinks Tom Cruise is, but it it's turned out to be his henchman. Bum, bum, bum. And then and then Tom Cruise with the henchman's face steals the virus and and then everybody jumps on bikes. Yeah. Right? Now, this bike scene <laughs> is actually so dumb it's cool. Yes, it is. This bike scene was the only part like I was like falling asleep. I was like, this movie's stupid. Was it over yet? And then the bike scene happened like Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was shot like, really like, badly. They're bike fighting. They're like whipping their bikes all over the place. People are just like spilling over things. Cars are flipping over for no reason. It's exactly what you want out of something, a stupid <laughs> 90s bike chase, even though it's Yes. It, I, it, it was shot very badly, but it was at least like 90s fun. At least stuff was happening. So, okay. At this point, right, uh, Sean Ambrose is like, hey, Brandon Gleason, we're going to release uh, Naya, mm-hmm. Sandy Newton's character, into the middle of Sydney, and she's going to start infecting everybody. Then we cut to Thandie Newton. She's not in Sydney anywhere. She's on a cliff. She like- she went from being in a taxi cab 
in the middle of the city to somehow magically wandering out into the same wilderness as Tom Cruise and all of them, right? So they're in like the same general area now for whatever reason. I don't even understand. And then she's standing over a cliff being like, well, I guess I'm going to kill myself. I don't understand what anyone's plan is. But her body, like she very casually just walks up over to this cliff and was like staring at the water like, you know what? Maybe I'll kill myself now. Yeah. Uh, but Ving Rhames and nobody Australian guy come over in a helicopter and they tell her, hey, don't kill yourself. You should live. We got the antidote. And then meanwhile, Tom Cruise is, is biking with Sean Ambrose and, and, and they're trying to hit each other with the bikes. And, and they crash and then they have a kick fight. And then they have a kick fight. And then Tom Cruise, for whatever reason, decides not to kill uh sean i think because he thinks he's dead like he hits his head in a rock and he's like well i guess he's dead and then sean ambrose is like you thought i was dead didn't you ha 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 ha." right and that could only exist in this movie yeah again um so this is the part i love is ving rames come he ving rames runs over to 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 tom cruise to get the antidote and then he looks behind him and then uh doug ray scott is still alive on the ground with a gun pointed at both of them and says, oh, you should have killed me, ha, ha, ha. And then Tom Cruise um, throws the antidote to Ving Rhames, kicks a, gun, kicks a gun up into the air, grabs it, turns around, and ducks. Mm-hmm. And this is all before uh, Doug Ray Scott can go like this. He's got a concussion. Click. So. Yeah. He's really confused. Yeah, maybe he's yeah, just really think. confused with the concussion. You would think that uh, he'd be a little more Johnny on the spot. Right. So then he kills, the, you know, he kills Sean Ambrose. Everybody's happy. And then they give the antidote to uh, Thandie Newton. And then it ends with him and her walking away in a relationship that doesn't last. Yeah, like a regular James Bond. This movie, like compared to every other one, every other Mission Impossible and spy movie for that matter, is like, we're going to Prague, we're going to London, we're going to the Washington, D.C. This one's like, we're going to Sydney and we're staying the fucking Sydney. Right, We're yeah. not going anywhere else. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Which gets the most out of that Sydney budget, that's for sure. It's, uh... Yeah, it's not a good movie. No, it's terrible. Like, I actually... Found it much worse <laughs> because like I like I don't know like I remember like giving like a like a mediocre rating whenever on like Letterbox or whatever because I couldn't remember and now I'm giving it at least one star out of four if not less than that. Really, it's garbage. It's garbage. It's boring and it's not fun and it's and it's stupid and everything. There's nothing good about it except for the bike chase. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. What I'm curious about is the first movie's made in '96. This movie's made in 2000. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what the journey was, you know, the, the the decision to make that movie, the decision to make that movie what it was, you know, like, I just, I, I would I, I would be really curious to know what yeah. the conversations were. Do you think it was Tom Cruise being like, I want to make a uh, fucking modern action movie or something, or do you think it was Paramount being like, we have to make a modern action movie, or who do you think it was? I don't know, because I know this was executively produced by Tom Cruise. I think he's executively produced all of them. Even the first one? Yeah, because it's like a Cruise Wagner production. It's oh like, wow! Okay, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Tom Cruise has produced a lot of his own movies, actually. Yeah. Even well, see, in order to do the stunts for your movies, you basically have to. I do guess that. that's true. Because it's an it's an insurance liability. 
uh, for actors. Mm-hmm. If you're if they're doing their own stunts and they get hurt, it's like an insurance liability. But then like a loophole around that is basically, oh hey, if it's your production, if you're the executive producer, then you can make the decision to waive that. Yeah, I think he's like so. even like regular producer. Probably. Um, I guess I mean like this movie series is like mostly good, so he does a good job, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably one of the more consistently good movie series out there. Uh, this is the Mission Impossible Two is the only real stinker of the whole bunch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like next episode two and next week, everyone will I'll, we'll talk about episode <laughs> Mission Impossible episode three and four, um, and then uh, you know we'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no Mission Impossible Two is a real stinker. Skip on uh, <laughs> would just skip it. Just skip it. It's like the Incredible Hulk of this series. Just skip it. You'll miss nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you really could just go from one to three. Huh? Yeah. Wow. I mean, really, if really, like one's good, but also an anomaly. If you really just want the Mission Impossible experience, just start with three and go from there. Yeah. Because three is the one. Well, we'll get into it later, I guess. But like J.J. Abrams knows how to really start a series off, you know? He does, yeah. So three is the one that kind of nails the Mission Impossible formula and everyone kind of builds upon it. So. Right, yeah. Three is probably still my favorite. Really? Yeah. No, well, we'll get into that. Anyways, Mike, you, you seen any movies? Uh, yeah. What else did I see? Oh, you know what I rewatched recently? Also, was uh, Kong Skull Island. Oh, you like it again? Yeah, you know it, it. It sort of loses steam towards the end, a little bit, just a little bit. A bit, a bit. But uh, it was good, man. You know, it's a movie that actually it it just it felt like an actual movie. No, I like I like Kong Skull Island a lot. I think it's the that that director does a really good job with it. Like, it gives yeah. it a lot of pizzazz that it would otherwise not have. If it was just someone just going by the ropes because he has like a lot of interesting use of color, a lot of interesting use of sort of visuals, a lot of cool like transitions between scenes. It just feels like he's like really trying hard to make a cool movie. Well, and they take time with the characters, which I really appreciate. What characters? Well, like, uh, like I like I like the whole thing of how the uh, the assembly of the team and all that like before mm. they actually go to the island yeah like John Goodman and his and his uh, partner I I forget the the kid's name but uh-huh. like their whole thing going to the government trying to get like this thing going and then we're introduced to Samuel L. Jackson who's like turned up to eleven he was turned up to eleven in this movie holy shit. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. It was pretty great. Like um, yeah, but like unfortunately, like Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson don't have much to do. They're barely characters, yeah. and there's too many regular faceless soldiers to really know who's who. Well, um, with that said, I mean, like I, I didn't have any problem with that, and I I did like how they sort of uh, uh, highlighted a couple of them. Those two guys they highlighted a couple of them, but you could have had like half as many soldiers. I mean, like you would have had less red shirts, I suppose. But if you had like half as many character soldiers, I suppose. Right. Could have gone to normal a little better. There's just I think the movie's got too many characters and everyone's a little spread thin. Like once John Goodman is uh, down with its exposition, he's just killed off. No, he's yeah. like, well, that's the last piece of thing I got to say, and then he just kind of dies <laughs> immediately, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that kind of stuff. Like it, I think like the characters are the weakest part of that movie, but I think it's a real strong monster movie. So I think so too, you know. And it, you know what's interesting about it is uh, you had Godzilla, the the new American one, come out I think in twenty fourteen. 14 okay and then kong skull island came out in 27 16 17 i think early 2017 okay yeah and then 
We have another Godzilla movie come out in 2019. Next year. It's going to be a good year, man. Every, 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 like, fucking so many good movies next year. And then finally, Godzilla or, vs. King Kong coming out in uh, 2020, 2020. 2021, something like that. I'm just very interested why they're spreading it out so much. But, I mean, it's not a bad idea. Uh, you know, I'd rather they did that than one movie every year from this franchise that we don't know have a plan for, you know? Right, yeah. Like, um, you know, like their Dark Universe. They don't want to make a Dark Universe. It's like, we'll have our fun monster movies, but we'll make them every few years. And that's yeah. the way I think to do it. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the only uh, cinematic universe that really kind of, like, understood uh, how to do it. Yeah, well, first of all, Godzilla Other than is, MCU. Godzilla is, like, one of the OG cinematic universes, you know? Right. So, like, it doesn't... It's, like, a rich history to build off of. It doesn't really need to do much different. And with giant monster movies, there's really no point in having them so frequent because, like, that's their whole shtick. Yeah. Like, well, this is... was WB or something? Or Legendary? Or? Uh, legendary, I think. I think it was Legendary. I don't know if Warner Brothers and Legendary kind of split. I don't know who does what now. Oh, okay. I think Legendary still owns the rights... So I think if Legendary produces them, I think whoever whoever ends up distributing them. Oh, okay. So I think, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, if it is Legendary that's making these movies, like they definitely took the right lesson away from how to make it. So yeah, it was it was good. So yeah, I can't wait for that one. I think M. Wingard's doing one of them, and then someone else is doing one of the other ones. I forget who's doing what. Hmm. But uh, I hope they're fun. I liked that 2014 Godzilla a lot. I like King of Kong Skull Island a lot. Can't wait for the Kaijuverse. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they should make an Ultraman movie. No, the man, they gotta make a Jet Jaguar movie. A who? It's the it's the it's the Godzilla version of Ultraman. Oh. Oh. Okay. Interesting. See, I thought that was just Ultraman. No, I think Ultraman's owned by someone else. Right. Okay. Wow. Apparently Ultraman was real didn't want to uh give their shit to Ready Player One. Supposedly I heard that Ultraman was one of the few holdouts of, Interesting. That, of that movie. Huh. I wonder why. I don't know. It's like free advertising. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they're very protective of their character. Maybe they're working on their own movie right now and they don't want to... Something or other. Hopefully. That'd be great. But, yeah. Uh, I'd love to see more giant robots. Pacific Rim meets Godzilla. I don't think that I'd ever want to see that. Mm, I think Pacific Rim I'm is... I'm done with... Yeah, I don't think Pacific Rim gone. should do anything more. Unfortunately. You know? Um... But yeah, okay. So that's another one I've seen. How about you? Oh, I mean, like I got more, but like it might take a while to. Oh, fine. I'll, I'll jump into it. One last one like for the more, road. Yeah. Uh, one last one for the road. I saw a fabled movie, man. One of these fucking lost to time movies that no one's ever heard about. And I tracked it down and I gave it the old college watch. This is a movie written and produced by one George Lucas, and oh. released shortly before he sold Lucasfilm. It is. Strange Magic. Okay. Um, wow. Strange Magic is a strange movie. Yeah? Like so, in a good way? Strange Magic is an animated movie made by Industrial Light and Magic, so it looks fucking gorgeous. That's also a kind of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a pretty standard fairy tale with a bunch of jukebox karaoke tunes thrown in for no good goddamn reason. Huh. So every few minutes, someone will sing 20 seconds of some top 40 hit from, like, 1970, and then the movie will continue. And it's really annoying, and it's really jarring, and it's really misguided. It's like that gnome movie. Is that what they do in that one? Uh, whatever that... Not like, Sh- Sherlock Gnomes. What, whatever... Oh, Gnomeo and Juliet. Same. The same. The same. Yeah, I just... Same cinematic universe. Right, yeah. It's, 
I see. I don't know if that's just like a if that's like a last ditch effort to sort of like market this thing. I just better. don't know what the point is. Like, I was reading like George Lucas apparently like spent like five years just choosing just the right songs for the right moments. Like, write a fucking musical then. What are you doing? Like George Lucas, I love George Lucas. You know he's great, but I just don't understand what like what's the point. It doesn't make sense. And like I think this movie has it's it's bad. It's a bad movie, but it has a spark of something. I think it's because the visuals are so good. Yeah, it looks so pretty, even though it's got like it's not perfect, but like it just like it has a real nice nice art style to it. Characters are just fun to look at and stuff. But like if you took out all the musical stuff. Just either, either made it a musical, or you took all of it out, preferably the latter, and then you gave a, the script a hell of a polish. It would be up there with some of like the like it'd be it'd be like a it'd be like a Shrek. It'd be like one of the good DreamWorks movies, you know? Where yeah. It's not. It won't. It wouldn't have like the same kind of emotional depth to say something like one of Pixar's best, but it would have like the kind of like fun time animated feature funness of like you know Shrek Two or one of those kind of movies or like Mega Mind something like that. I think it'd be falling remember, but like it's been lost to history because it's just this weird, expensive flop. You know, when that movie came out, I just remember not even seeing a trailer for it, but just hearing about it online as like, oh, here's this here's this George Lucas movie, but no one's talking about it. It was literally like that. I remember it came out like January. I remember I watched half a trailer and then like they started singing their like weird songs and like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Um yeah, it's also story structuralized is weird. Like, first of all, the only good part musically of the movie is the part where they sing Strange Magic because they actually sing, like, all of Strange Magic. Oh. Because it's actually, like, a musical number as mm. opposed to being, like, well, like, let me sing, like, a bit of a song right now, which is fine, which is good. And I, I wish, I almost wish the movie was kind of like Mamma Mia where it's just an ELO oh, movie, God. you know? Yeah. I'd be much better than whatever we have right now. But I think it was released in January, and I remember, like, the only thing I heard about it was, like, I saw that trailer and was like, yeah, this movie is, like, the prettiest uh, the prettiest bad animated movie you ever saw. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know that its total worldwide gross was $13 million. Nice. And that... I mean, I'm not happy. Because, again, like, it has a spark or something real cool, but... I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that it really has something... Misguided. Like, you know, if there's anything to be said about George Lucas, like, even his lesser uh his less favored work you know there's there's at least his nuance to it there's right so, like it's got a very classical kind of romeo and juliet midsummer night's dream fairy tale shit to it yeah. which i do appreciate but like and like the story is solid he wrote the story the story is fine like there's nothing unique or special about it but it's like you know two different like there's a like a princess and an evil evil guy and like eventually they'll they'll fall in love or something and it's like cute and whatever, but like again, like the script is just sort of doesn't have any good jokes. It has a couple of good jokes actually, but like it's like you know not all there, and then the music really grinds everything to a halt every time it happens. Uh. But um, yeah, there's actually um, what's really weird is the movie kind of goes on the too extreme with the show don't tell almost because the main character somehow played by Evan Rachel Wood, who I, I can only imagine her as like a really serious actress, and for some reason she's playing this weird ditzy character. Yeah. Um, like starts the movie as a one kind of character, and five minutes later she goes through like a montage that feels like it goes, it happens in a day, and then she's like <laughs> a tough person who's like, "Fuck love, I don't give a shit about anybody." It's like really weird because like wow. her, it like it's such a like one eighty. Like usually you'd have a character and like you tell them the backstory later and something and it makes sense, but to see this character change so drastically and also in without like there's no seasons passing or something, it's like. 
It's like she has like a frumpy like there's like one scene of her being frumpy and then the next scene she's a different character. <laughs> it's like what is the timeline looking like this? You know, it that, doesn't really make sense. Yeah, yeah. That's like in Space Jam where they're like, "All right, we're about to train," and then the next scene is the final game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's interesting that you bring that up, Alex, because uh, I'm doing some research here. All right, and Strange Magic is the number ten top worst opening, uh, uh, worst wide openings. How many theaters was it in? Does it say? So three thousand and twenty. God, theaters. that's a wide release. Uh, now, would you be interested? I, I'm interested in telling the audience the uh, some other worst wide opening releases. Sure. Since we're here, wasn't hold on, uh, it was one of them? Like one of the first ones is that like that fake Teletubbies movie that they tried to pass off as a real thing that no one saw. Oh, isn't that something? I don't know what that is. I've oh. never heard of that. Huh. Well, let me read these off to you. Oh, I don't see it here because. Uh, Okay, so, oh, hoot. So, okay, all of these have passed three million. Mm-hmm. Um, so at number one is Hoot. God, I remember what the fuck is Hoot? I remember the posters for that movie. I was working in the theaters when that came out. Really? What Man, is that? It was like it was like we got to save these owls that are like in a hole. It's like one of those fucking like, like Guardians of Gahul. No, it's one of those movies. <laughs> it's one of those classic tales like this. This plot of land. Has like this fucking animal oh. in it, and this guy wants to build a parking lot. And we got to, we're a bunch of kids, and we got to stop him. Jesus. Okay, that came out in in two thousand six. Yep. All right. After that is the Seeker. The dark is rising. Oh my! What is that? That's a book movie. Interesting. I think I've heard of that. I've heard of that I too. No I didn't know it did is. that bad. I actually literally the words "the Seeker," "the dark is rising" left my mouth yesterday. Really? Because someone was saying they watched the movie Beautiful Creatures, and it's like, is that the same movie as The Seeker, Darkest Rising, or is that different? Oh, okay. And they're both like the same movie in my mind, because they're both like, who cares, young adult movies. <laughs> that was uh, in 2007. Number three is Fun Size. Never heard of that one. Never heard of it. Burnt? That's that Bradley oh, Cooper movie. Oh, yeah, that's the Bradley Cooper movie. Oh, man, that must burn. That was like right after he did uh, the the Clint Eastwood um, sniper, American Yo, Sniper. Have you seen the trailer for his new movie that he directed? No. A Star is Born? Could no. Could be cool. It looks pretty cool. It's uh, Bradley Cooper plays a guy who can sing. I think Bradley Cooper's actually singing. He can sing really good. Oh, cool. I um, haven't seen Bradley Cooper in anything. I mean, I saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy. But that you don't see him. Yeah. No, he's in that, and he directed it, too, and Lady Gaga's in it. Oh, Lady Gaga. Playing someone that can also sing real good. Gaga, Gaga. Um, that's cool. Well, and good she's for not him. wearing makeup and stuff, and it's like, huh, fun. That's, you know, I hear she's a great actor. Uh, I think she is. I mean, the, the only thing I've ever seen her in is Sin City 2, so that's not much of a thing. Well, there's American Horror Story. She was in a season of that. She was like the one of the lead characters in a season of She seems of like American a talent, Story. so. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, maybe. I used to not be into her. To be honest, I used to be like, because you know, you listen to her first album or whatever, and it's just like, ma, 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 ga, 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 ba, 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 ma, 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 ma. And I'm like, say your words, damn it. Just say them. I kind of appreciate it. Like, she was one of the few pop artists, because I, like, that was back in the day when, like, I worked in a warehouse that I couldn't listen to control the radio. And she was all, whenever her songs would come on, I'd be like, she's all right. All right. I would always, I would appreciate her. Like, I didn't, like, buy her stuff, but I was like, she's like an artist. All right. She knows what she's doing. Like she does. Her, she does know what she's doing. Like her, that's for Beyonce. Sure. Like they're people I'll never listen to, but they they got my respect. 
I don't know enough about Beyonce to be like, honest. They just seem like they like they're just like you know they have an image and they know what they're doing. You know. Well, sure, but you don't know if that's them or if that's the team. They seem like well, yeah. Either you way, know. like I don't know, but they're still they got they can sing good and they like put on a good show. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as long as for what you're doing and what your audience is and all that, as long as you're doing it, you know, successfully, then hey, good for you. And if you're not doing it successfully, then maybe you should change your game plan. Uh, at number five, hey, you'll like this. Hardcore Henry. I didn't know that did that bad. <laughs> I mean, Hardcore Henry is the number one most unpleasant experience I've ever had in a theater. Exactly. Because, not just because it was a headache-inducing movie, because it's also a really bad movie. It was actually v- pretty bad. I I um I ended up seeing that just it was like um I had a friend that was like oh yeah we're gonna watch this tonight because mm-hmm. you know movie night or whatever and I was like oh cool yeah I'll see because this was after you'd seen it of course mm-hmm. and you told me you didn't like it and I'm like okay I'm really curious about this and yeah it was you know what the problem with that movie was for me is it was um the plot was very contrived. There's nothing. Uh, it's like, very like I'm the villain, and I'm very villainous, and I don't have, I don't even have like a character. I'm just the villain. It's like a student film stretched out into a yeah. feature length thing with like it's all gimmick. Yeah, and it's like fine gimmick, whatever. But like I don't know, it's just so dumb. It was just so dumb. I lost brain cells watching it. Yeah, pa- I, partially because of the headache, partially because of the movie. Yeah. Now the rest of these, I, I mean, I'll just name them off because we're we're sort of running running low on time here, but. There's Meet Dave, What's Your Number, Keeping Up with the Joneses, Imagine That, Strange, and then Strange Magic. I've heard of some of these, but I don't know what the fuck they are. Like, Imagine That? What is that? Oh, Eddie Murphy? Oh, he's been in two of the worst opening movies. And then movies. Meet Dave was Eddie Murphy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Poor Wasn't guy. There, there was a, I listened to a podcast uh, about a guy, was it? I forget who it was, but there was someone that was an extra in that movie, and they were telling their tale about how they were cut out of it, essentially. Oh, wow. Um, it was fun. Keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a different movie for a second. Wow. That's... That, wow, that's crazy. Okay. Keeping up with the Joneses. That has John Hamm. It has Zach Galifianakis. Is that before or after Wonder Woman? Because it has Gal Gadot. It's after... It's... Is it slightly after? After. 2016? No, no, that's before. Oh, 20, it is Wonder before. Woman was like 2017. That's right. Man, okay. But it was it was post Dawn of Justice, though. Right, so she had already been... Yeah, okay. She had, she had already dawned in Justice, and then, <laughs> but she hadn't Wonder Woman yet. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Is Wonder Woman 2 going to be called Wonder Woman 1984? Am I crazy? Is that the name that they have attached to it? They released a logo that was like Wonder Woman. Or like, it was like WW84 or something. It's like, is that the name of the movie or is that just like hype? I don't know. If it took place in 84? It's taking place in 84 is what they're saying. That'd be pretty and cool. It's got Cheetah in it. I'd be into that. They Make announced, it an 80s period piece? Yeah, they announced uh, what's her face? Kristen Wiig is Cheetah and it's an 80s period piece. And like it had, they released a picture of Gal Gadot standing a bunch of TVs. Huh. All right. So yeah, I don't know. Could, I mean, I just wanted to like, is that the name? Like, I I haven't seen like any kind of like confirmation. I just didn't look very hard, but I feel like I was like, is that the name of the movie? Is it called One Woman Eighty Four or is it called One Woman Two? Who knows? We'll see if it's when the trailer comes. Too out. early to know. I or Comic Con or something. Hey, Comic Con yeah. soon. Comic Con. See a lot of fun, spicy trailers. Yeah, I do a bit be... of a mini segment on this show. 
I I want a, some big announcements. God damn it! I don't think we'll get anything. Um, because I feel like we're not gonna get any kind of Avengers news until like after, like until like the Captain end of the Marvel? year. Not after Captain Marvel, but I think until like probably like the tail end of the year. You think so? I guess so. Yeah. That like I don't sense. think we're gonna hear like Avengers two or Avengers four, whatever that's gonna be called, until quite later. That's what I think. Maybe we'll get is just the name. I think we're gonna wait till. I have a feeling that. It's still gonna be. I think they even said that they don't expect it anytime soon. Like, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I don't think we're gonna get it anytime soon. I think uh, maybe around the time the Captain Marvel's trailer comes out, maybe. Hmm. Definitely before the end of the year, I would, I would say. But I feel yeah. like you know, again, Ant Man let that run its course, and when Ant Man's out of the public mind again, they'll start peppering Avengers news. Right. All right. Well. Cool, like, man. They probably do. Like, I feel like. Prediction. They'll have like by the end of the summer, the fall, they might have the first whatever, whenever some big Disney movie comes out, they'll have the first Captain Marvel trailer. And then around Christmas time, they'll have the first Avengers trailer with the name drop. Oh, okay. My my bold prediction. All right. Well, hey, man, I'll keep that in my brain. And if you're wrong, I'm going to call you out. Oh, geez. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll forget. JK. Anyways. I think that's it for this episode of Le Filmtastic Voyage, as the French ah. call it. Uh, if you want to reach us or f- find the rest of the Filmtastic Voyages, we're on filmtasticvoyage.com, filmtasticvoyage.gmail.com, or facebook.com slash filmtasticvoyage. Indeed. Hey, everybody. We're a part of a bigger, uh, we're a part of a bigger podcast network, the Lemmy Listen Podcast Network, which is on SoundCloud, iTunes. Check us out on those two uh, platforms. And leave us some comments and leave us some, uh, you know, leave us some uh, tasty ratings. Tell your friends about us. Did you mention Letterboxd? Oh, yeah. We're also on Letterboxd. I'm Batman Crothers. And I'm Mr. Kerosene. So be sure to get the uh, full Filmtastic Voyage uh, treatment by going to our Letterboxes and seeing our reviews. Yeah. Which are oftentimes very different from yes. each other. And you write reviews and I don't. That's true. I used to. That's one of the, that's one of the ways they're different. Yeah. Uh, good night, everybody. Unless it's the day. Unless it's the day. <laughs> <laughs>